before we pray, oh, just with our eyes closed, we're going to sing the song, One Desire, one more time, just our voices, and let's just make it our worship and our praise before God. Can we just sing together? My one desire, the only thing I want. Is to gaze upon your beauty, Lord, and to sing of your grace. One more time, my one desire. My one desire, the only thing I want, is to gaze upon your beauty, Lord, and to sing of your great love. I will seek, I will seek. your face for all of my days forever as I remain in your great love I will sing a song of love let's pray together I give thanks to the Lord for he is good his love endures forever Give thanks to the God of gods, his love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord of lords, his love endures forever. To him who alone does great wonders, his love endures forever. Who by his understanding made the heavens, his love endures forever. Who spread out the earth upon the waters, his love endures forever. Who made the great lights, his love endures forever. The sun to govern the day, his love endures forever. The moon and stars to govern the night, his love endures forever. To him who struck down the firstborn of Egypt, his love endures forever. And brought Israel out from among them, his love endures forever. With the mighty hand and outstretched arm, his love endures forever. To him who divided the Red Sea asunder, his love endures forever. and brought Israel through the midst of it, his love endures forever. But swept Pharaoh and his army into the Red Sea, his love endures forever. To him who led his people through the wilderness, his love endures forever. To him who struck down great kings, his love endures forever. And killed mighty kings, his love endures forever. His love endures forever. His love endures forever. Remember us in our lowest state, His love endures forever. And freed us from our enemies, His love endures forever. He gives us food to every creature, His love endures forever. Father, we choose faith over our feelings and our emotions right now. We refuse to allow our emotions and how we feel about ourselves to dictate our worship to You. Father, You are the King of kings. You're the God of gods. There's no one that can compare to who you are. So God, we give you all praise and honor that you deserve. I pray, God, as you transition now to the message, I pray that the words I speak, the words of my mouth, and the meditations of our hearts, oh God, who are here in this place and who are here listening to the message, I pray, God, will be pleasing in your sight, oh Lord, our rock and our redeemer, our king, our great shepherd Lord lead us today Lord pursue the one that is lost for that is me and for those who have been found may we not go back to the wilderness may we not go back and run away in our rebellion but live every day faithfully to live for one purpose and one purpose alone which is you, O oh God. Let us not get caught up with everything that's happening around us. O oh Lord, may we worship you. For God, you are sovereign. And God, you will take care of all things. In the end, in the day of judgment, for all will be okay. For God, the blood of Christ and the one who died for us has given us hope in our hopelessness. We thank you. We love you. Pray all these things in your precious Son. Jesus Christ, I pray. 
and God's people pray. Amen. Amen. And amen. Uh, we are now in Job series part 10, and today's message, the title is called So Far, the Third and Final Test. So Far, the Third and Final Test. Now, in a matter of days, Job's life was forever changed. It was forever crushed. He lost everything. He lost his family. He lost his accumulated wealth, his property. And his wife also turned against him. And after this tragedy occurred, after the first test and then the second test, the first test was when he lost his things. The second test was when he, when, when he lost his health. We see that his friends, they come to his aid. We know that they did one good thing and they remain silent. Maybe it was because of tradition. Because in that tradition, in that time, when someone is undergoing grief and trials, when they're grieving, it is tradition to remain silent until that individual opens his or her mouth. And we see that when Job opens his mouth, these friends, they never stop talking. They keep going and going and going. Again, the first test was what? The loss of his things. The second test was the loss of his health. And this is the third and final test so far. And, and they're all included in there. Right? Eliphaz, Bildad, and Zophar. That was his third test. One of the hardest tests that you'll go through in life are relationships, are friendships, are the relationships that you have in your life. So remember in life, we will go through three things for sure. You will have a time where you lose the things, property, you have fire in your house or something, or you may lose something or someone may rob you. It is guaranteed that we will lose the things that we have, the necklaces that we, that, that we wear, the watches that we wear, the things that we have, the money that we have in our bank account. And we saw it in the pandemic. And you'll definitely go through a time where you will be sick for we live in the flesh and we will get sick for sure and the third we will all have a heartache where we lose a relationship and where friends will come and they will not always encourage you they will not always be there for you instead of uplifting you instead they bring you curse and they bring you down and I believe that this test the final test is one of the most frustrating tests of them all. Instead of making Joe's pain go away, they actually make his pain go deeper. So the question that I have for you is this. In your relationships, do you bring stress or take away stress? Do you bring more pain or less pain to your friends? Their message was very clear. If you read the book of Job, read what they say. Read what the friends say. Read what Eliphaz says. Read what Bildad says. Read what Zophar says. It is very clear and pretty much their message was saying, to sum it up, it says, Job, repent. Every tragedy that's happened to you are due to your sins. They're accusing Job. They assume that Job has somehow sinned. And the more they talk, the more they ruin Job. They didn't encourage Job. They ruined Job. Instead of uplifting and being there for Job, they abused, they assumed, they judged, and they condemned. And oh, we, I pray that we will never be like these individuals, that we will not follow the ways of these three individuals. May we never condemn and assume and judge. A true friend is a friend who is patient during his or her grieving season. A, a true friend is someone who listens. A true friend is not someone who has all the answers. Mr. Know-it-all, who knows everything, who has an answer and cure to everything. But what's more important than that is physically being there than the words that you speak. Are you physically there? Now, we heard LFS. We heard Bildad in the previous weeks. And let's take a look at how Job responds to these two friends. Just real quick, it's found in Job chapter 10. Okay, I'm just going to go ahead and read. Uh, if you have the Bible, you can go there too. But I'm just going to read from verse 1. to. I'm just going to just uh, bounce back from different parts. But it says in verse 1, I loathe my very life. 
Therefore, I will give free reign to my complaint and speak out in the bitterness of my soul. Verse 2, I say to God, do not declare me guilty, but tell me what charges you have against me. Verse 18, why then did you bring me out of the womb? I wish I had died before any eye saw me. Verse 19, if only I had never come into being or had been carried straight from the womb to the grave. Verse 20, are not my few days almost over? Turn away from me so I can have a moment's joy. Verse 21, before I go to the place of no return, to the land of gloom and utter darkness. Verse 22, to the land of deepest night, of utter darkness and disorder, where even the light is like darkness. We see the frustration in Joe's voice. It just gets deeper and deeper as he communes with these individuals. Now let's take a look at the last character, Zophar. Zophar is mentioned twice in the book of Job. The first part where he starts speaking is found in chapter 11, and then the second part is found in chapter 20. So we're going to do what we always do in this, in this three-part series that we've been doing in the book of the whole uh, Job series that we've been doing. I'm going to read chapter 11, and I'm going to ask you guys to go ahead with loud voices. Uh, please go ahead and read chapter 20. So let me begin with chapter 11. It says this in verse 1, Then Zophar the Nemethite replied, Are all these words to go unanswered? Is this talker to be vindicated? Remember, he's talking to Job. Will your idle talk reduce others to silence? Will no one rebuke you when you mock? You say to God, my beliefs are flawless, and I am pure in your sight. Oh, how I wish that God would speak, that he would open his lips against you. And disclose to you the secrets of wisdom, for true wisdom has two sides. Know this, God has even forgotten some of your, of your sin. He's pretty much saying, listen, God is doubtless punishing you far less than you deserve. He's saying, you deserve more punishment, Job. That's pretty much what he's saying. I mean, the nerve in this guy. Verse 7, can you fathom the mysteries of God? Can you probe the limits of the Almighty? They are higher than the heavens above. What can you do? They are deeper than the depths below. What can you know? Their measure is longer than the earth and wider than the sea. If he comes along and confines you in prison and convenes a court, who can oppose him? Surely he recognizes deceivers. And when he sees evil, does he not take no? He's calling Job a deceiver. Verse 12, but the witless can no more become wise than a wild donkey's colt can be born human. Yet if you devote your heart to him and stretch out your hands to him, if you put away the sin that is in your hand and allow no evil to dwell in your tent, then free of fault you will lift up your face. You will stand firm and without fear. You will surely forget your trouble, recalling it only as waters gone by. Life will be brighter than noonday and darkness will become like morning. You will be secure because there is hope. You will look about you and take your rest and safety. You will lie down with no one to make you afraid, and many will court your favor. But the eyes of the wicked will fall, and escape will elude them. Their hope will become a dying gasp. If you could go ahead and read chapter 20. Ready? One, two, three.
All right, good. A great job, guys. We're now in our final, final character so far. Just finished reading. Great. Um, now, let's take a look. Now that we just read uh, chapter 11 and chapter 20, let's take a look at how Job responds. And I would like for us to continue reading together. I'm going to read as well. But it's on the screen. The first one that we're going to take a look at is found in Job chapter 12, verse 1 to 3. And let's read it all together. Ready? One, two, three. Then Job replied, Doubtless you are the only people who matter, and wisdom will die with you. But I have a mind as well as you. I am not inferior to you, who does not know all these things. The second one, let's look at Job chapter 13, verse 2 to 5. This one, I'm going to read myself. So it says this, What you know, I also know. I am not inferior to you. But I desire to speak to the Almighty and to argue my case with God. You, however, smear me with lies. You are worthless physicians, all of you. He's pretty much saying, you're like a surgeon who have no eyes, who are blind, and you're trying to perform a heart surgery. You're, you are worthless physicians. That's what he says. Verse 5, if only you would be altogether silent, for you that would be wisdom. And let's read the next verse together. 13, 15. Chapter 13, verse 15. Ready? One, two, three. Though he slay me, yet I will hope in him. Another translation says, trust in him. And we know that by the song that we sing, by Shane and Shane that we sing and during our praises, though he slay me, yet I will praise him. But the translation, NIV says, yet I will hope in him. Other translation says, trust in him. That's the original line. So remember that. Next one. Uh, chapter 13, verse 18. Let's all read it together. Ready? One, two, three. I prepare my case. I will be proved innocent. So what is happening here in this whole message during this whole time where, when he is with his friends? Job is, is, is fending for himself. He is fighting. He is, it's like he's being judged by these individuals. He's having an argument with them. He's trying to prove his innocence. And we see that in this process, Job's pain is not getting better. It's actually getting worse and worse. Every time they speak, every time Job speaks, we understand that they're not helping each other. What they're saying is not all wrong. What Eliphaz said, what, what Bildad said, what Zophar said, they're not all completely wrong. But everything is about context. They're taking the context all out of whack. They're taking it out of place. They're talking about the characteristic of God, and they're trying to put it into their own understanding and try to make sense of it in their own head. But we need to understand that God is God. God is beyond our own understanding. We need to have the discernment and the wisdom to know how to speak and when to speak, when to speak, when not to speak, when to say something, when not to say something. What words to speak? Because one word can turn and destroy a relationship. Word, it says according to the book of James, has the power of life and death. From a little spark, it will create a forest fire. It's like a rudder on a boat. Small, but yet powerful. It controls the whole boat. If you watch the movie Titanic, right? They're trying to avoid the iceberg in time. And the rudder is working. The motor is working. But the boat is too big. But it's able to control the whole boat. Imagine the size, the massive size of the boat. That's what your mouth is like. The words you speak. Therefore, we must be very careful in what we say, how we say. When to speak and when not to speak. So let's knock out the points first. We're going to stick to the same points that we did from the previous messages. The good, the bad, the ugly. So let's talk about point number one. The good. Now I know that you guys heard this twice already. But I'm going to go ahead and speak as if this is my first time speaking. And it's good. It refreshes our memory. And it's good for us. And it's good for all of us. So now let's just refresh our memory and let's talk about the good. The good is the same as Eliphaz and Bildad. So what was the good? Zophar sat with Joe for seven days with Eliphaz and Bildad. And we see it. Let's go ahead and go to Job chapter 2, verse 11 through 13. 
It says this, when Job's three friends, Eliphaz the Temanite, Beldad the Shuhite, Zophar the Nemethite, heard about all the troubles that had come upon him, they set out from their homes and met together by agreement to go and sympathize with him and comfort him. Verse 12, when they saw him from a distance, they could hardly recognize him. They began to weep aloud and they tore their robes and sprinkled dust on their heads. Then they sat on the ground with him for seven days and seven nights. No one said a word to him because they saw how great his suffering was. That was the good that Zophar did. Let's talk about the bad. Point number two, the bad. So point letter A is this. Zophar was arrogant. Letter B. Zophar was abusive. Zophar abused, he assumed, he judged, and he condemned Job. That's why it says in Job 11, verse 6, Listen, God is doubtless punishing you far greater than you deserve. You deserve more punishment, that's what he's saying. Zophar was abusive. Letter C, Zophar was full of anger. Letter D, Zophar had all the answers, or so he thought. He was Mr. Know-it-all. He is a person, the type of person who claims to have the cure to everything, answers to everything, why and what. And pretty much he was saying, you deserve more suffering, not less. You deserve more suffering, not less. For those of you who are taking notes just again, Zophar was arrogant, Zophar was abusive, Zophar was full of anger, and Zophar had all the answers or so he thought. He was saying, you are a sinner, Job, and you deserve this punishment that has happened to you. I mean, how cruel it is for him to say this. Is he forgetting the condition that Job is in right now? His skin is all deformed. His health is deteriorating. He just lost his children. He lost all of his things, the property that he had, his accumulated wealth. I mean, the heart in this guy. How heartless can you be to say you are a sinner, Job, and you deserve this punishment? That's why it says in Job 11, verse 14, If you put away the sin that is in your hand, allow no evil to dwell in your heart. But we as readers, we know, going back to the first sermon in the first series, we saw that, that Job was what? That he was great, that he was blameless, and that he was perfect. And because this is the last part of the message, I'm just going to go ahead and read the passages just to refresh our memory. Because we're going to become so familiar. I'm going to repeat these things to you so that you will be an expert in the book of Job. It says in Job 1, 1 through 5, it says, In the land of Uz, there lived a man whose name was Job. The Bible tells us right away in verse 1, This man was blameless and upright. He feared God and shunned evil. He had seven sons and three daughters, and he owned 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, and 500 donkeys, and had a large number of servants. He was the greatest man among all the people of the East. His sons used to hold feasts in their homes on their birthdays, and they would invite their three sisters to eat and drink with them. When a period of feasting had run its course, Job would make arrangements for them to be purified. Early in the morning, he would sacrifice a burnt offering for each of them, thinking, perhaps my children have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. This was Job's regular custom. And we see that even in the conversation that God has with Satan, in, in chapter 1, verse 8, it says, Then the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job? There is no one on earth like him. He is blameless and upright, a man who fears God and shuns evil. And then we see it over and over and over again, God commending him. Even when his wife is against him, curse God and die, he rebukes her. He says, you are talking like a foolish woman. Shall we accept good from God and not trouble? And it says, in all this, Job did not sin in what he said. In what he spoke. 
What happened to Eliphaz, Bildad, and Zophar? Did any tragedy come upon them? Nope. They were perfectly fine. Even Job in his suffering, he didn't sin in his, in his speech to God and to his friends. But these three arrogant individuals, we see that they're harming, they're bringing harm to their friend Job, whom they claim to love and care about. And we see here the vast difference of Job and Eliphaz, Bildad, and Zophar. And you could just imagine the frustration in Job's response and how he's handling these individuals. How frustrated he must have been. First, Eliphaz. Second, Bildad. And now, you too, Zophar? They all sound like names from like a cartoon. So why? Why would you? That was the bad. And let's go to number three, the ugly. In the end, the conclusion of Zophar is the same fate as Eliphaz and Bildad. And I have some points for us in this. Letter A, Zophar is rebuked by God. Letter B, Zophar is not commanded by God. Letter C, Zophar is not, is never praised by God. Not, never, it's up to you. And for our reference, let me just go ahead and read chapter 42. And I'm going to go ahead and read from verse 7 through 9. This is what the Lord says. After the Lord has said these things to Job, he said to Eliphaz, the Temanite, I am angry with you and your two friends. And again, this is the worst thing that could happen to us, God being angry with us. Because you have not spoken the truth about me. As my servant Job has, now take seven bulls and seven rams and go to my servant Job and sacrifice a burnt offering for yourselves. My servant Job will pray for you and I will accept his prayer and not deal with you according to your folly. You have not spoken the truth about me as my servant Job has. So Eliphaz the Temanite, Beldad the Shuhite, and Zophar the Nemethite did what the Lord told them. And the Lord accepted Job's prayer. How humiliating. If you will not humble yourselves today, you will be humiliated and you will have no choice but to stay humble. Before we get humiliated, I pray that we will humble ourselves right now at this time. And it says that God was not going to receive the prayer of Eliphaz, of Bildad, and so far. But God was willing to accept the prayer of Job, a man of integrity. Zophar should have. What should he have done? Letter A. Here's what he should have done. He should have sat in humility. Proverbs 16, 18 tells us that pride goes before destruction. Proverbs 11:2 tells us when pride comes, disgrace follows, but with humility comes with wisdom. And at times, not speaking and remaining silent is wiser than speaking and being a foolish individual, right? Let it be. He should have sat in silence, which leads us to speaking what is right. Job 13.5, he tells us, if only you would remain silent, for that would be your wisdom. We see in Proverbs 17, verse 28, it says, Even fools are thought wise when they keep silent. With their mouth shut, they seem intelligent. And we see that what he should have done was what? He should have sat in humility. He should have sat in silence. How much better it would have been for Joe's wife also to have remained silent and not have said, curse God and die, how she will regret her words later. Let's take a look at Job's character. Who is Job? Despite all the wrong accusations by his friends, 
by his first friend Eliphaz, his second friend Bildad, and now his third friend Zophar. Letter A. Zoph stood against wrong accusations. He stood up for himself. He stood up to what was right. Too many times we allow people to jump over us and to trample over us. And we need to be willing to step up and to stand up for ourselves, especially when we are wrongly accused. Joe stood up against wrong accusations. Let it be, Joe remained loyal to God. And let us see, Job never cursed God, even though he became impatient in his suffering. Being impatient is not sin. Being angry is not sin. But it's what we do in our impatience. It's what we do in our anger. Will it lead to sin? That's the question. But remember, he became impatient in his suffering. But the key is that he never cursed God, even though he became impatient in his suffering. Job is not perfect, but he remained faithful to God. None of us were perfect, but the question is, are you faithful today? No matter what type of trouble you're going through in relationships or hardships you're going through in your family, whatever, even when your family is accusing you of something or people are accusing you of something, are you remaining faithful to God right now? Or are you cursing God and saying, God, why would you allow these things to happen to me? And we play the victim. But may we be overcomers. And may we not make excuses and use God and curse God and blame him for our situations. When we bless his name. The key here is that Job, he always went towards God in his brokenness. You know, when you are broken, that's when it reveals a lot about your character and who you are. When you are broken, when a family member passes away, when a loved one passes away, when something happens to us, yes, we will obviously be impatient in our suffering. Yes, we're obviously going to be broken, that we don't want to see anyone. But the question is, are you going to curse God and blame him for what happened? Will you trust that God is good and that he loves you, that he has a plan for you, that in everything that he does, that he does it for our good, that he gives and he takes away, that in the end, that we all have the same fate, that this life will end one day. In about 100 years, none of us here in this room will be here living on this earth. Just, just let that sink in. Let that become your reality. God gives and he takes away. From dust we are born and to dust we will return. Job never cursed God. He went towards God in his brokenness. Men and women of God always hold on to God. That's the key. And we see in the end, in the book of Job, at the end, and we're going to get there, and I'm excited because we're finally finished with Eliphaz, Bildad, and Zophar. We're going to get into deep parts of the book of Job. And we see that later when God, he explains himself. He doesn't explain himself. He just he pretty much says, I am God. And in the end, we're not here to understand God other than that he is good and that he is patient and that he is loving. That he is also a God of wrath, that he hates sin. But he loves and he is patient. That when we repent, he receives us. He accepts us for who we are. So in this short little series that we've been doing, the good, the bad, the ugly, I pray that whenever we face hardships and tri tribulation in our relationships, that we remain faithful to God, number one, and that we will watch what we say. Be careful what comes out of your mouths. And more than what you speak, God forbid something happens or something happens to our family members. May we not speak foolishly, say things like God has a plan. May we just show up physically and be there for that brother or sister or for the individual. Sometimes, again, it's best if we remain silent. That is wiser than speaking foolishly 
like these three individuals. And with that, and in closing, just with our eyes closed, May we not be like Eliphaz, Bildad, and Zophar. And I pray with all of my heart that the Lord will not be angry with us as he spoke his words to Eliphaz, Bildad, and Zophar at the end. But instead, may we be commended by God like Job. Remember what he said about Job. That Job, he was blameless, he was upright, and he feared God and he shunned evil. We read earlier about the amount of the wealth that he had, the things that he had. The Bible even tells us in chapter 1 that he was the greatest man among all the people of the East. Some of you right now, you are popular and you have a good reputation among your friends and and your life is pretty good. You're doing well for yourselves. Socially, you're pretty popular and it's good. You have a lot of followers, you have a lot of friends on social media, and you think it's good, and you think that's what's going to bring fulfillment. But I guarantee you that when you go through hardships and trials, none of those 300 followers or 400 followers, 500 followers, 1,500 followers, they will not be there on your side. It will always be one, two, or three, the closest to you who will remain in your side. Even if you don't have one, two, or three friends, and you may feel like, oh, there's no one to really be there for me. Remember what the Bible tells us in the book of Luke, that he will leave the 99 to pursue that one. That even when we find ourselves in a place of loneliness and brokenness, and you feel that no one in this room, no one in my life right now understands what I'm going through, know that you have a heavenly Father who knows you, through and through, inside out, he knows what you're thinking. For he is an omniscient God. He is an omnipotent God. He is an omnipresent God. And that he loves you and he knows you and he sees you for who you are. May we reflect right now who we are right now as a person, as a child of God. Who are we today? Are we living foolishly? Speaking and saying whatever we feel, what we think is right? Or do we have the foundation of the Word of God as our foundation at this moment? Do we have discernment? Do we have the Holy Spirit within us to give us direction and guidance to know when to speak, conviction to know when to speak and when not to speak? Everything you have right now is garbage, is lost. Remember what Paul said in the book of Philippians. I consider everything a loss, garbage, compared to the surpassing worth of knowing Jesus Christ. Are you pursuing the wrong things right now? Are you pursuing the things of this world? Remember this, things could be going well right now. But tomorrow is a story for another day. What are you going to do when the things that you've been holding on is taken away? Where is your foundation? Where is your foundation? So right now with our eyes closed, as you have finished this little series with Eliphaz, Bildad, and Zophar, I want to invite you to, to pray. Let's reflect upon the message, upon the word. And I want you to reflect upon your heart and ask yourself, what type of individual am I? And if we need to repent right now, let's just come and repent together as a church. Let's just come clean before God. 
and ask God to give us a spirit of wisdom to be a man of God, to be a woman of God that pleases Him like Job. Let's pray together. Don't worry about who's listening. This is between you and God, and that's it. Let's ask God to give us integrity like Job. Let us pursue God as Job did. Even when he lost everything, even when he lost his things, even when he lost his family members, even when everything was taken away from him, even when he was losing his health, even when his friends, whom he trusted, whom he loved, turned their backs against him, may we not curse God and run away from God, but may we run towards God and not run away from him. Let's look to him right now. Trust in him or hold on to him. You may be popular today. People may love you today, but they will hate you tomorrow. Do not depend upon the relationships, upon the friendships that you have, but trust in the one who is consistent, who is steadfast forever, who is the same yesterday, today, and forever, who will never change by shifting shadows. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Run to him. He will never turn his back against you. Run to him, for he is your rock and your redeemer. Hold on to him. He's the only one that matters in this life. He's the only thing. He's the beginning and the end. Nothing else matters. Do not hold on to anything else, but hold on to him. Let's pray together. Let's keep praying. Let's keep praying. Let's, let's ask God for the heart, the heart that Job had. Let's ask God for a clean heart and a pure heart and a steadfast spirit and a right spirit before him. Let's repent of our sins. Continue praying. Continue praying. Seek his face while he may be found today. Let's praise him today. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we need you. Heavenly Father, we need you more today than yesterday. God, I need you today than yesterday. God, come in every way within us, oh God. Transform us. Strengthen us. Guide us. And lead us right now. To hold on to you. worshiping the Lord. May you be the one, may you have the courage and faith and the faith to lift up your hands and worship. Even when I'm in the boat, even when I'm in the middle of the storm, God, even when no one is here worshiping you, I choose today to worship you. I choose to lift up my hands and worship, to enter your sanctuary and worship and with humility. I choose today to worship you. Even when my family members have gone away and have fallen short and become lukewarm in their faith. 
even with my brother, even with my sister, even with my sibling, have become lukewarm in their faith. I today choose to worship you. I desire to do one thing, and that is to worship you, to gaze upon your beauty. Oh Lord, we need you. We need you right now. Let's continue praying. Seek his face while he may be found. Seek him, for he desires to hear your prayers, for he desires to hear your praises. Worship him, worship him. strength on my own to continue this fight God I will never curse you 
I will never curse you in my breath. I will never curse you in my thoughts. I will never, never curse you openly, oh God. But I will hold on to you more and more, even when I don't understand, even when things don't make sense, even when I'm confused, even when I'm lost, when I have no words to speak. I will hold on to you more and more and more for you are my God and you are my king and you are my father who loves me and who gave himself for me so that I can have life and life to the full. You have now called me to live this life to belly crawl but Lord you have called me to live courageously to live in confidence that is found in Jesus Christ. So I pray for all the members here I pray for those who are listening. I pray, God, that God, that you will watch over them, that you will watch over us. As we enter a new week, may we overcome. May we overcome. Not by my own strength, but by the power of the Holy Spirit, the one who is in us, the one who lives in us. We give all glory to you. We thank you for this message. We thank you for everything that you do. For God, you are good. We praise you. Pray all these things. In your precious Son, Jesus Christ, I pray. And God's people pray. Amen, amen. and amen. amen.